seated. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. I'll let you park there just for a moment. We were then going through Revelation chapter 2. We're tying this also into a Passover message. Uh, and like we talked about last week in Revelation 2.25, after um, he reprimanded, people wouldn't repent, but there was a group that did. There was always a remnant. We talked about that. And it said, only hold fast what you have until I come. So he has deposited a lot of great things in his people, not only here but all over the world. He is calling us out of Babylon. He's calling us out of that system. And it's not been... I don't want to say it's been an easy journey. For some of us, it's been easier than others. But when you get to a certain place that I believe that we are now, the joy of Yahweh is our strength. And I am now so thankful, and I have definitely a lot of confidence in especially what has been going on the last couple of years and seeing how the Father has held our hand through all of these crazy things that's been going on, especially since uh, probably 2018 right on into today, these last few years. And uh, what he's been speaking to us, really, for the last probably 10 or so years about Shemitah, about getting, you know, our houses in order, and on and on and on. And now to really see that we're in a place to where it's like I told you. It's a very good word that she gave because the thing about it is, is whenever the children of Israel, whenever the deliverance came, it was imminent, but it wasn't immediate. And that was something that sometimes we get into this immediate situation. If something happens, we want something to happen immediately. We, we're, we have this McDonald's fast food, you know, Tulsa burger concept. You know, everybody wants a happy meal. It doesn't work that way. Everybody gets the happy meal because they want the toy. They want the pleasures of it. But if you get a home-cooked meal, that takes time. Guys, it just takes time. Good vegetables takes time to grow and nurture. Let's note this fast food. So what I put up here, and I just use this in this, I put our choices define us. And we talked about this last week. And I wrote down here, our choices keeps, keeps us free or they will lead us back. And so I just want to just grab some of our forefathers. And I just want to read just through the scriptures just as a reminder and just sort of like tell a story. Um, in this, since we're in this Passover season. Because whenever the children of Israel were led out of Egypt, they were told not to go back. And certain situations happened to them, and they seemed to have this reoccurring thought, were they not enough graves in Egypt that you would lead us out this far to kill us? And sometimes in our believing walk, Sometimes we can get in that situation to where we may be asking that same thing. Were they enough, enough graves where we were at? And I was seeing that we lead us. And what is happening to us? But what he's doing is, is he's bringing things in our lives, bringing things in our lives, situations in our lives, to do what? So that we would trust him in everything. But what happens is, is we don't trust for the most part. And then if we don't trust, then when things happen, we go on to the blame game, and we never own it. So there's something that's in us that when I'm praying, and I want us to pray this before we come into Passover itself, I want us to pray that the Father would show us, show each individual, not your neighbor, not your spouse, not somebody else, 
Would you change them or what's wrong with them? Need to internalize this and say, Father, because every time they went to bitter waters, every time they had challenges, the whole thing about a challenge was, was that we were supposed to stop and ask him, not grumble first and try to figure out what's wrong with this water when they went to the bitter waters. And this is what happens is, is that in our life, we need to, number one, we need to learn to stop and pray and ask Him exactly what's going on in our life. You know, many times, and I will just say this, uh, we were talking, Raymond, last night. He's visiting with us from, uh, I was going to say Georgia, South Carolina in that area, Clemson fan. So it reminds me of Eddie Schaefer. But anyway, we were talking about last night, and he had us a great testimony. And here's the thing. I promise you, and he will tell you this, ask Yahweh to speak into your life, and if you need to be corrected or if you need some insight. Because if you will stop and do that, he will. He will speak to you. But you have to hush, and you have to listen. And you have to know that it's imminent, it may not be immediate because in the speaking to us in our life, depending on what's going on and what's rooted in here, it might take more than just one whack with an axe. It may take some digging around to be able to dig out so he doesn't destroy us totally. That there's healing that he has to do whenever he's fixing and whenever he's working on us, and whenever he's having to dig out sources that's rooted in us that's not good, that keeps growing these sucker roots off of us, that keep taking our energy spiritually from us, he has to also tend it like a garden so he doesn't kill the plant. Amen? So that's the work that he's doing with us. But we have to be honest with ourselves and not say, well, Tammy needs work. You know, I need to say Mark needs work. And so, Father, work on me. And you know what? 99.9% of the time, when this gets fixed, something else gets fixed. It's just what happens with the way he does things. If one man, Adam, brought sin into this world, one man, Yeshua, has redeemed us from the mess. Amen. This is this is the, the hope. This is the praise that we have to know that what we have. Okay, so let's, I just want to just use some examples as we go through this. Verse 15, it says, Yahweh Elohim took man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. So I just want to stop right here and say that this is what Adam was created to do. Adam had a simple task. He, he, he didn't have to grow it. He didn't have to invent it. He didn't have to do anything in there but guard and keep it. He had to tend what the Father has already placed in his life. Okay? And then he's given certain commands. We're given the same type commands. Ever since that we've accepted Yeshua as our Savior, we have in our lives, with, his, with our families, with our communities, to guard and keep what the Father has placed here. If we will just stay focused and understand that we too have a design, just like Adam had a design. Verse 16, and Yahweh Elohim commanded man. So guess what? A commandment is what? It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. 
So if, if he commanded him, and if he didn't obey it, then there's a problem. Okay? So I just want to throw that word commanded. So he commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. This is just, this is just a, one command that he gave him. Of all the trees in the garden, you may eat. But 17 says, but. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, here's another command. You shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat, or the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So here's the, here's the deal. There's a command. And with a command now comes a choice to obey the command or not. So he said, of all the trees you can eat, fruit coming in its season, garden ten, do what you're supposed to do, do what you're designed to do. But there's one tree that you're not designed to eat of, that you're not to be partakers of. In other words, this is mine. Don't eat it. Don't fool with it. So he, he set something up there for a distinction. Gave a command. Now there's a choice. Now, we know that what Adam did. Adam obeyed Yahweh, and so we've lived happily ever after. No. Okay? So we are a result. Guys, we are a result of what he did. Can you see how far our sins sometimes for generations to generations connect us? Something that he did, and Yeshua comes, and he corrects it. But he corrects it in the spirit, and he's correcting us by his blood and giving us eternal life. But he's not leaving us here. He gave us our Passover, and this is why I wrote this down. Our Passover through Shavuot determines our Sukkot. You know, the things that's happening during this season, because Yahweh has a plan of redemption, freedom, and renewal. But how we journey from there, because there's going to be the Feast of Trumpets one day. The Feast of Trumpets, we're going to hear that blast. You will hear that blast if you're in tune with Him. But if we're not in tune with Him, you're going to think it thundered. And it's not going to be good. But He gives us warnings. This is the reason. I believe this. This is my opinion. The reason why I believe He has not returned before now was because we needed this. Because I remember that I was raised as a Baptist, once saved, always saved. Man, I'm so glad he didn't come back then. <laughs> I'm just saying. I would realize that doctrine wasn't too sound. Because I'm going to read some about it. I'm so excited that he didn't come. I mean, we all back in the day, before Hebrews, you know, singing raptures and singing, come on back and I'll fly away, oh glory. I'd have flown away all right. But I'm just saying, I thought I was prepared. I had not a clue. I'm just being honest. With me and my life, and I was, we were living on highs. And then we would sin, and then we'd need a revival. And then we'd get a revival, and then we would get high again. It's like being on fentanyl. You know what I'm saying? You just, just up and down, up and down. I'm just saying. It's just a roller coaster. I am so glad he didn't come back then. Because of what we know now, it takes the spirit and the truth true worshipers, not just living in the spirit, running around, blab it and grab it and shouting it, and I'm the head, not the tail, and realize that I really was the tail and not the head. And then he gives us his word, and I'm like, Father, please don't come now. Don't come now. I, I, don't, I don't even know what an olive or a tav is. 
I don't even know what is what is uh I didn't realize crawfish was not edible. I didn't re- you know I'm just I'm just I'm going through and then I'm like, "Man, you're going to have to wait 30 years so I can learn Hebrew." You know, so you get into this thing and he says, "No, that ain't the way this works. It is by faith." And you can't work yourself, but you know what? There's time. You do, and I'm times and season. You do what I've given you to do now. Don't fret it. Just do it. But do you know what's happening? All over this world, he's given us opportunities. And he is growing this thing. And there's people where it took me a moment or two to grasp what was happening. People today coming in their Hebrew roots, they're waking up to it. They're grasping it because... We've already chopped down a lot of the vines that's grown over the ancient past. The ancient past are now widening to where they can walk through, and they're seeing and they're believing and they're walking in it. They're not battling all of the crazy stuff that we battled. Okay? So, I don't know how I got there. But anyway, so we see this with Adam. He was given a command to do so. Let's jump, uh, 317. I'm going to just buzz through some scriptures. Genesis 3.17, it says, And he said to Adam, Because you had listened to the voice of your wife, because we know the thing with, the, with Satan. And if you eat in a tree which I have commanded you, that you should not eat thereof, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So I just wanted to say this. The result of sin brings curses. Always brings curses. It brings not good things. Verse 18, thorns and thistles that shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. He didn't say you're not going to eat, but now you're just going to have turmoil. Before, you had a choice. You could eat of everything, but don't eat of this one. But if you eat of this one, everything else you're going to be able to eat, but it's just not going to be pleasant. Verse 19, the sweat of your face, you shall eat the bread till you return to the ground which I've taken you out of. Guess what? Because whenever you ate of the tree that you wasn't supposed to eat of, you shall surely die. Now, if you wouldn't have, we'd all just been happy, joy, joy, if he would have never ate of that tree. We'd be walking without sin. And then you're going to return to the dust, and the dust you shall return. Verse 24, it said, he drove the man out at the east of the garden. This is just what I wanted to tell you in that little story there. Today, grace, grace gets us in the house, obedience keeps us in the house. Okay, it's important. This is what these feasts and festivals are about, is to tell us about his kingdom, his moedim. These festivals are designed to govern our lives and to keep us, once we get into the house, is designed to keep us in the house. Okay, Genesis 4, 7. Now, I could have hit a bunch of these different, but I just grabbed some of them that's sort of close. Talking about Cain, he says, If you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Guys, I'm just telling you today, sin is crouching at the door. It's always going to be crouching there. It's waiting for an opportunity. Satan is not a human. It's a spirit. It's not governed by time. He is governed by time. He just don't know it. We're going to talk about that in Revelation. He is governed by time. But what I'm saying is he just goes from, that spirit goes from generation. It's crouching, waiting for opportunities to derail 
what the Father is doing. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. This is a command. You have now a choice because you didn't bring the best, and I reprimanded you. I accepted your brother's offering because he brought the best of his flock. You didn't bring the best of your your garden. You didn't bring the first fruits. You didn't bring the very best. And now you now you all mad at me. But what you're going to do is is because you can't beat me up, you're going to kill your brother. So you need to get that hatred out of your heart. You need to get that murderous spirit out of your heart. He gave him a choice. Verse eight. Cain spoke to his brother Abel. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel, and he killed him. And we know this. It wasn't he had a beef with Abel. He had a beef with Yahweh. And a lot of times in our life, if we would just be honest, when we get mad, we get mad at God. We get mad at Elohim. We get mad at Yahweh because things didn't go just right or something happened. We need to be very careful of that that because we can lash out at others, but really it's not the others that we're lashing out at. It's Elohim because everything didn't go to plan. But because that happened in verse 8, verse 10, it says, Yahweh said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Can I tell you that today that there's aborted babies and their blood is crying out from the ground? We're talking multiple millions of children because life is in what? Life is in the blood. That blood is still alive. That, that blood is crying out for judgment and for justice. And it's crying out. And guess what? This, this is why this is, I believe this is in here in this scripture for us, that Abel's blood is crying out from the ground that he was created from. Because that's where Adam was formed from. And you have this blood because there's life in the blood and it's crying out there. And because he killed him and put him there, this nation as well as all the nations, and, there's, and it's all of them, this committing abortions and killing these babies and calling it because they don't recognize what they're doing, I don't care what they think, I don't care what science they believe, I don't care what whiskey they're drinking. You know what I'm saying? The thing about it is, is, when Yahweh said, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb, this is serious business. Follow the science. I knocked them jokers in the head. Because I'm telling you, this is, not, this is not a pretty sight for that, for the, these people just doing it. It makes me aggravated. Because, see... Because it shows me that this blood is crying out, verse 11, and now, now because you made a wrong choice, now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened up his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And then verse 16, then Cain went away. Guys, look what it says. From Cain went away from what? The presence of Yahweh. The results of sin will remove you from His presence. How many times? Every time. And He settled in the land of Nod. He had to settle away from Yahweh. Yahweh drove Him out. It was not bad enough to be drove out from the garden. 
now you're even driven out further? Do you see how sin keeps driving further and farther away? You get to a place he drives you so far, you turn into a reprobate, you can't find your way back. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. Man, this is an exciting, uplifting message. But we need to hear this. Verse 4 says what? Now this, look, I was raised Baptist. I was raised once saved, always saved. Get saved, you know, whatever. But this is what he says. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit. So if we've been enlightened, tasted, and shared... He says, it's impossible, verse 5, to have tasted the goodness of the word of Elohim and the powers of this age to come and then fall away to restore them again to repentance. I'm letting you sink that in. It's one thing to sin. It's another another thing to turn back and practice sin. And make that a way of life that he delivered you from. And this is why he's saying to restore them again to repentance. Since they are crucifying once again the son of Elohim. To their own harm and holding up to contempt. In other words by doing that it's our own fault. You have nobody else to blame. Once we've been enlightened, tasted and walked in and revealed. And Elohim is great. He is good. But to turn around and to fall away. It says, For the land, verse 7, For the land has drunk the rain that often follows on, and it produces a crop useful to those whose sake it is cultivated, receiving a blessing from Elohim. But if it bears thorns and thistles, and it, like, where does thorns and thistles sort of come from? Back to Adam, whenever he did what he did. It is worthless, near to being cursed, and the ends of it is to be burned. So that sort of shares something with us. Let's go to, where do I want to go? Let's go to Exodus 32. Yeah, Exodus 32, because I was going to look at Exodus 20. I'll just go through that. Just this is, a, this is also part of the Passover. This is where the commandments are. Uh, he tells us, because of what we went through through Thyatira, when we talked about how Jezebel was put on a sick bed, and those who followed her went through great tribulation, and it talked about those who didn't repent, their children died. And so verse uh, uh, chapter 20, verse 5 tells us, that whenever we're not doing what we're needed to be doing, he visits the iniquities of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. We talked about that a little bit last week. But this is what I wanted to do in chapter 32. Let me see if I can do a speed deal through this one. Verse 1, when the people saw Moses delayed to come down, now they had already been, a, been given a, a, no idolatry, okay, no idolatry. In any form fashion, he went through it from everything from the heaven, below the heavens, and Everything that crawls. When they saw that he was 
delayed coming down the mountain, the people gathered themselves to gather to Aaron and said to him, now they gathered up Aaron, up, make us Elohims so that they would go before us for the, as for this Moses, uh, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt. We do not know what has become of him. Verse 2, and Aaron said to them. Now, Aaron didn't even put up a fight. This is a choice. When I'm talking about choices, this is why when you rely on a man of Elohim, when you rely on a big-name pastor or a big-name whatever, and they fall from grace, do you know what's a shame? Half that congregation falls from grace because they're looking at the man and not Elohim, Yahweh Elohim. Man will fail us every time. We're seeing this as we go through here. You'll see man fall, fail us all the time. So here, these people come up to Aaron and say, do this. So Aaron says, we'll take off the rings of gold that are in your ears uh, of your wives, your sons, and your daughters to bring them to me. Now, where did they get all this gold? They got it from the Egyptians as a blessing to bring them out. And now you're going to use what Yahweh blessed you with and now you're going to use it to end up cursing you. we got to be careful that we don't take the blessings of Elohim and bend it and end up making it a curse for us by misusing what the Father gives us in blessings. Verse 4 says, He received the gold from their hand and fashioned it to the graven tool, and he made a golden calf. And they said, These are your Elohims, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Here's a choice. He sits there and he lets them talk him into it. Not only that, he turns around and he is just 100% in this. His hands is all over this because he built the altar. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. He turns around and makes this is a feast to Yahweh. No, this is an Aaron feast. This is, a, this is an Israel. This is your rebellious feast is what this is. Mixture worship through idolatry. It is. Poor decision feast. Now let's jump down to 19. As soon as he came near to the camp, this is Moses coming down the mountain. He saw the calf in the dancing. Moses' anger burned hot. And he threw the tablets of his hands out of his hands, and he broke them at the foot of the mountain. Verse 20, he took the calf that he had made, and he burned it with fire, and he ground it to powder and scattered it on the waters, and he made the people drink it. So the very blessing that he blessed you with, now you're drinking this stuff, and it ain't going down good. Verse 21, And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you? That you have brought such a great sin upon them. In other words, Big Daddy, you in charge. I left you in charge. You were to guard and keep. This is the principle of guarding and keeping is all the way through here. God, I, I left you to guard and keep. You were chosen by Yahweh Elohim. You were chosen as, as, as my mouthpiece to help deliver them. When we get out here and I go up the mountain for a staycation, and then what do you do? What And they come up to you and say, let's do this, and you freak out, and then you do this. What do these people do to you? And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people, how they're set on evil. 
Sounds like Adam. It's the woman you gave me. And this is, this is where this Passover season, we have to own it. This is not about our neighbor, our, our, neck, our family. This is us. We have to own this. Salvation belongs to each one of us and then as to Israel as a whole. Okay? So, see, he's playing the blame game. Verse 23. Then they said to me, I want you to listen now. He, he makes a true statement here. Aaron makes a true statement. He says, For they said to me, Let us make Elohims that shall go before us. For as of this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. That's a true statement. Verse 24, Liar, liar, pants on fire. So I said to them, let any who have the gold take it off so that they gave it to me and I threw it in the fire and out came this calf. Now you would want to give Moses much wine before you tell him that statement. You tell him the truth and then you come up and say, we threw the gold in there and out jumped this calf. And he's supposed to believe it. Moses, who's been up on the mountain talking to Yahweh Elohim, who talks to him face to face, not in prophecies and riddles and mysteriously talks to him face to face. He's up there getting the very commandments, the instructions to lead this great people into the promised land. And then you're going to tell him that story. That's amazing. We threw this thing in here and out jumped this calf. See, not owning it. Not owning that he was responsible. And when Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose. Verse 25, does your say that? Listen, when Moses saw that the people broke loose, for Aaron had let them break loose. In the derision of their enemies. In other words... It's your fault, dude. I left you here to guard and keep, and you just flat didn't do it. And not only did you flat not do it, you're not owning that you didn't do it. And you're, and you're going to blame them because these are hot-headed people. And then you're going to blame this all the gold that went in there that some spirit jump made that cat, and he jumped out of it because the fire got too hot. He had to get out of it. Verse 35 and 32. Jump down to 35, and it said, Then Yahweh sent a plague on the people. This is a result. Because they made the calf the one who made. Aaron made. And it say the people made it, the calf that Aaron made. Guys, we have responsibilities that the Father gives us. We need to man up or woman up. And we need to, we need to uh, straighten up buttercup, that type thing. And we need to own it. And we need to suck it up buttercup. That's right. We need to do this because I'm telling you, it's the nature of man to pass the buck. It's the nature of man. We want the buck to stop with me until until it gets hot. And then it's the person you gave me or it's the people that you gave me or it's this, this, and this. 
And the father said, enough of this business. And he set out a plague over the people because of the calf. And he let it known. Aaron, this is your doings. This is not the people's doings. I know these stiff-necked people. They were stick-necked, but guess, stick, stick-necked. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Stiff-necked people. When you get these people, he already knew that. Guys, they had been in Egypt for 400 years. Who did they think like? The Egyptians. They had multiple gods there. There has to be a salvation. There has to be freedom. There has to be, there has to be redemption to bring them out. Now there's a renewing of your mind to transform you, not to the patterns of this world, but to the things of Elohim. So there's a process of now training for reigning. There's a process of getting Egypt out of us. It's like you said earlier, it's intimate. How do say that word? Imminent. There you go. Imminent. It's imminent that Egypt gets out of us, but it's not immediate. You see what I'm saying? This is why I'm so glad that our Heavenly Father didn't come back years ago. Because you know what? It wasn't an immediate change when we started getting in the Hebrew roots. But now I see the transformation not only in my life, but in the lives of His people all over the place. And how awesome it is, how His mercy and His grace, because He knows what He's doing. Amen? And it's just an awesome pattern. Jacob, I'm sorry, Joshua, same thing. They send in spies to the land. Twelve spies go in, ten come back, what? With a negative report. They said, yes, it's exactly like you said, but you ain't strong enough to defeat these people in there. And two says, oh, yes, he can. If he brought, if he defeated Pharaoh, he can defeat these Different peoples. But yet, see, they went by what they saw, not by faith. They didn't go by the very word of Elohim. I mean, when, when Yahweh Elohim tells them, when you go into this land, it's going to be this, 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 and this. And he said, it's everything that you said. Everything that you said is true. Well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is, is fear. Fear is that maybe he may lead us in there and kill us. Well, do you know that that was the whole reason why you come out of Egypt, went through the wilderness, he didn't kill you there until you messed up here, and now you're going to die in the wilderness because you keep saying, you confess with your mouth something long enough, you're going, you're going to get it, you're going to wear it, it's going to be a part of you. And they kept saying, has he brought us out here to kill us? Well, guess what? You're going to die now because now what you've done is, is you've ten, you have turned the hearts of this multitude against me and against my ways. And so you know what, big dog? You will die out there. Turn around and take your camels, point them back in the direction of the wilderness, and y'all get after it. Guys, this is a faith walk. I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like a year from now. But do you know the reason why I'm not worried? Because it ain't a year from now. I am just thankful that he's shown us what we're to be doing today. And you know what? It's given me so much joy in my life. Because I'm telling you, if I would have sit back when I was I'm almost 63 years old this month. Hallelujah. I made it. Almost. So far. But anyway, but I'm just thinking. But when I started, was I 46? If I would have thought when I started pastoring, 
If I would have thought, I think I was 46. You got some timers going on? Okay. So anyway, I thought I was 46. I don't know many numbers, but I know a couple. I know your birthday's on the 14th, the anniversary on the 12th, February. See, the certain dates you got to remember. So you remember those dates, you do well. Okay? You stay out of the wilderness. So, so what I'm saying is, is if I would have thought about today, all of that stuff before we could get here, I would have died of stress. I would have had boils. I'd had the, the plagues of Egypt would have been on me if I would have, if I would have known the journey. Because I said, I'm telling you, I would have said, there's no way I could have made it. And do you know what? That's right. I couldn't have. But through him, he's directed us every step of the way in this journey. And this is why I believe he doesn't show us everything. Because you know what? You wouldn't take another step forward. Matter of fact, when you're born, you'd be trying to get back in the womb. If he showed you everything. What? Up! I ain't staying here. Going back. Married lady said, "Oh no, you not. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no going back." Let me go to and to show you that what I'm telling you is the truth. Let's end in Revelation chapter twenty. I mean, you know, whenever whenever they went into Egypt, they came out and they they went finally got in the promised land. Sin got them thrown into Nebuchadnezzar land. Not Never Neverland, but Nebuchadnezzar land, Babylon. And then they came back through Nehemiah and Ezra. You see this back and forth, and then you see that they were able to rebuild the temple. Then Yeshua comes, who we're looking for. They kill him. Then the temple's destroyed in 70 AD. You see this back and forth, back and forth. And you think that one day that this thing is going to get better. But it's only going to get better, guys, when Yeshua returns... And the millennium's over. Because even when he returns in the millennium, it's going to get better for a season. Because he gives us choices to love him. He doesn't want robots. He wants us to love him, free will, to be able to love him and choose to love him. He chose to love us. We were talking about this last night. You've got to understand this. Whenever, whenever, because there is no beginning for Yahweh. There's no beginning. Okay, so I can't fathom that, so I can't give you a definition of where that's at. Okay, but there's no, <laughs> there's no beginning. But if it says that Yeshua was slain before the foundations of the world, if that's the case, we're not created yet. But yet His love is so deep that I can't explain that he created us anyway, knowing that we were going to be in this big mess. Now, that's love that's deeper than I can. One day, if we hold fast, we will be able to experience and see and understand that love so much more in the world to come. But right now, I can't grasp it. I just can't grasp it. I can try to grab it, but I, I just can't understand it. But that's okay but I know that he loves us more. But you know, that's never the question, that he loves us. The question is, is do we love him? You love him, you keep his ways, right? 
So anyway, Revelation 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hands the keys of the bottomless pit. And I'm glad he's got them. And a great chain. And he sees the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan. And he bound him for a thousand years. That's a good thing. He threw him into the pit, better thing, and he shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer. Can I just say this? This is how weak our mind is. This is why it's a faith deal. You have to believe Yahweh by faith. If you start reasoning, the moment reasoning comes into the picture, the possibility of deception shows up. It says, so that he might not deceive the nations any longer. He had to pin him up. But until the thousand years were ended, and after that, he must be released for a little while. There's a season that he's going to be released. My opinion is, is there's going to be evidently a lot of people born during the millennial kingdom. And all of these people that are born during this millennial kingdom will have to choose. They're going to have to have a choice. For those of us who's done been through all of that, we've done that. But here, if there's people who's there's there has to be. Now Yeshua is ruling and reigning on this earth. Now I'm telling you, the ruling and reigning that Yeshua's gonna when when Hasatan, when Satan is pinned up, there's no deception. Can you imagine how clear minded you are clear-minded, spirit, just in tune with the Father. Can, I, I can't grasp that either, but not being deceived, not even having a temptation to do wrong. It's got to be such a pure, clear... It has to be the garden before Adam's fall. It has to be that. And, and, and just walking in that, just walking with a clear conscience, not having to battle, not having sickness, and not having anything... You know, not having a cavity and not having whatever. You know, for this length of time. But he's going to be there until, jump down to verse 7, and when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison. Now, guys, I can't fathom this either. Because we're not talking about us who's lived in this mess that we were born into. And especially today, with this wokeness and all of this crazy stuff. If my dad or Tammy's dad came back to life today, they would have a heart attack in 10 minutes. They would not recognize this place. They would not recognize what's going on. They couldn't. They wouldn't be able to fathom the, even the news. What are they talking about? And you know what they would do? I know what your dad would do. He would turn around and look at me and he would say, What did you do? What have you people done? What is going, how did you let this happen? How did you let this depravity show up? Where are the sons and the daughters of Elohim in this earth? Where is this? This is because Bill was like that. He was a thundering prophet. And I'd say, Bill, you know how these people are. 
<laughs> you know how wicked they are. You know how. Uh, yeah. It's your daughter that you gave me. When, when, when the pastor said, who gives this woman? And you said, I do. It's your fault. You know, what, what can I say? Yep, keep passing it on. That's us. Verse 7. So when the thousand years is ended, Satan will be released and will come out to deceive. Guys, that's his business. That's what he does. Comes out to deceive the nations that are on the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and gather them for battle. Their number is like the sands of the sea. That's a lot of people. We're talking a thousand years of ruling and reigning with Yeshua. Satan comes out for just a blink of a, a moment, and in a multitude turns on Yeshua. Because the sands of the sea sort of like a lot of people. If you ever go to the beach and then you try to get in your car, you know what that means. Sand multiplies. It's one of the things that multiply. It just, I don't know how you get rid of it. It gets in everything. Verse 9. And they marched up over a, bar, a broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camps of the saints. See, there's going to be a camp of the saints. I hope and pray that we understand that we need to be a camp of the saints. There is a camp of the saints. And the beloved city. And you know what? Yahweh's done. Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Because you don't see a lot of, all you see is, but fire came down from heaven and consumed them. This is a final chapter, dude. Dudettes. I'm just telling you, this is not like go grab this, go, go do this, go do that, go. No, just fire came down. And all of these people that Hasatan had deceived to rally against Yeshua and the camp of the saints, fire comes down. Where have we seen this before? Like Elijah came down and just licked them all up. I had a bunch of water. I'll lick that up too. That's right. Two witnesses. Then verse 10, the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire. Sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. So they will be tormented day and night forever and forever and ever and ever. So I put this is Satan's final resting or tormenting place. So I want to just tell you, do I? That's right, he won't be resting. But I just wanted to share with you the good news. The good news is people are going to be people. And as long as the enemy's out there, there's deception that's going to happen. But guarding and keeping is the only way that's going to keep us focused on him. Amen? And I mean, we can't go to sleep. We can't take a vacation or a staycation or whatever occasion. We have to be focused. We have to know that we're going through these feasts and these festivals. We need to take our temperature all the time. We need to make sure that we're not passing the buck. We need to make sure if we got a sin issue in our life, it's us. And it's not the woman or the man or the dog or the cat or the place that you put us. Why did you? Why, did, why was I born in Mississippi? Why could you make me born somewhere else? You wouldn't have been no different. You know, it's just the way it is. It's just, it's just Satan comes, guys, to deceive. We need to be on guard. 
And we need to know in Yeshua. And you know what? That's why I try to tell us all the time. If Satan comes to you, say, I'm not talking to you. You go talk to Yeshua. I'm a servant and a slave to him. If you got something to say to me, you say it to him. Because he's our advocate. Don't get in dialogue with him. Okay? Because because I'm just telling you, I'm not standing up here telling you I understand all that I just told you. Except for one thing. Our flesh is weak. Our flesh is so weak that even a thousand years ruling and reigning with Yeshua, and Satan can be loose for us a little while, and he can deceive, and that many people turn. That's amazing that that happens. But it just shows us, but he's telling us, there's a, there's a remnant, there's a camp of the saints, there are people. He tells us to hold on until the end. But there were people back in, or there are people going to be in the thousand years that won't go up to the feast. So why? Mm-hmm. Why would you not, when Yeshua's here, not want to be with him during the feast? That's and right. that, that just all baffles my mind why people. So during that time, there will be people that don't even want anything to do with him. That's right. Well, I can tell you this, just what little bit I know in this area here. Until your eyes are open to the things of Yahweh, you can't see. And this has always been my prayer and our prayers, is is to open our eyes to see the wonderful things from His Torah, His Word. Because if we can't see it, you won't walk in it. And there's and I don't want to be blind in these areas. And um, so I'm just praying, and that's been our prayer here, that the Father will continue to show us that we would be perfectly in His will and that He would continue to show us and bring us the revelation for the day and the hour that we live in this moment. Not something that's going to happen 10 years from now because you can't do nothing about it because that's 10 years from now. What we, what we can affect is the present and what we need to be doing now and what the Father is telling us to do now. Because guess what? If you don't do what you're supposed to be doing now, if I wouldn't have done what I was doing years ago, I wouldn't be here now doing what we're doing now. Everything trains you and builds you for the next year and the next season. That's just the way it works. Amen? Okay, let's pray.